You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. <laughs> There. It is bad. It is bad. It was uh, it was very tornado-y. Uh, now the sky is getting green, so I expect late night tornadoes. So yeah, should be so fun. So it just started like like literally like thirty minutes ago. It just was like, oh, I guess we're just gonna like fucking drop a fucking bucket of fucking rain all on your shit. So my dog was outside. I had to get him in. So I apologize. Move the furniture. Me. Grab that lawn yeah. furniture. Yeah, don't let those pillows get thrown away. God, they were throw pillows. Yeah. So. They're, they're costly. I apologize about that. Well, I feel like this is a wonderful soft opening to Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, episode 105 for you folks Ooh. out there. Yeah, 105. That's my favorite three-digit number. Is it? I feel no, like no, you're lying. I yeah, that was, just, that was untrue. And it's unhealthy to start this podcast with lies. With lies. Uh, so I'm Al, I'm Al McManus and, uh, oh. Justin press is apparently not showing up this week. So I'm Al McManus. I'm sitting in for the lovely and the talented Justin press along with me is the stand Al the McManus, stalwart, the stalwart oh. standby of Chad Nicefield. Thank <laughs> you for being here tonight, Chad, on your wonderful audio and backdrop is fantastic. Mm-hmm. And, and coming, and listen in to our come, YouTube channels. <laughs> coming recordingly live via <laughs> via via Zoom and to be soon be seen soon on YouTube. The young, the sweet, the lovely, the talented, the complex and multi-talented Elias Soriano from the rock and roll outfit Nonpoint, who have graced the Shiprock stage for many a year. Uh, and it's, and it's lovely to see you, Elias. I'm glad you made some time for us. How are we doing tonight? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Doing, uh, doing good here at home after a, a smashing tour. Uh, so, uh, excited to be talking to my friends. What's up y'all? Yeah. Uh, Kalamazoo, we said, right? Yes. Just outside of Kalamazoo. We're in, uh, Battle Creek. Gotcha. Come on, Kellogg's, dude. That's where freaking yes. cereal comes from, man. That's, I thought yeah, cereal was... came from heaven. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's called Battle Creek. Yes. Oh, okay. Elias, yes. are you are you a late? Uh, you know, listen, because it's down the road or not, not notwithstanding, are you a late night cereal guy? I am a late night cereal guy. I do not cereal in the morning. I I am the type of guy that you know I, I treat cereal like popcorn. Yeah, I try to fit as much as I can of it in my mouth in every <laughs> single bite. So I usually eat it out of like a punch bowl with like a soup ladle because I like big, <laughs> yeah, huge monster bites. Uh, so we normally have like uh, 
because we're in Cereal City, we I, I normally rock like three or four different kinds of cereal at any given moment in my house. Uh, what, what kinds? Yeah, that's what kinds? A, I think Let's that's go. important. Now, now here's here's the deal. Depending on the mood, uh, I, I do like to uh, do the suicides as well. So um, you be mindful when you go multi-shopping and you get like like a, a, a Cocoa Pebbles with like a Reese's Puffs mixed with like s'mores cereal. So you get the chocolatey with the marshmallow with the peanut butter all mixed together. Those normally mix good together. Uh, or you could go uh, super fruity mm. and uh, you could go like uh, fruity pebbles with Captain Crunch with Crunch Berry uh, mixed with like, uh, you know, your, your um, fruit, fruit loops, loops with yeah, marshmallow yeah, yeah. with marshmallow. Yeah. You got to get the fruit loops with marshmallow. Um so yeah, yeah, you mix those together. That's 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 a tasty treat. I need to tweak. I literally need to tweak my insulin patch right now because this, <laughs> just a, like just this conversation is sending my A one C up to the numbers where it shouldn't be. <laughs> just talking about it, thinking about it, and my mouth is watering. So there is that. That's why I uh, jump around on stage so I can eat cereal like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Do you work Crazy. out? Do you work out? Are you? How, what's your regimen like to keep? In I have pill time. I, I yeah. try to uh, normally when I'm on my regular schedule, I just got back home from this run. So I normally give myself a little time to let my body reset. It normally takes me a minute to get back onto a normal sleep schedule at the, the rings underneath the eyes go away. Um, and then once I feel good, I'm, it normally takes like three days. So I'm about at that three day, four day mark. Do you sleep okay on the road? Yeah. yeah yeah on and off it's kind of hard you know when you're in the bus it's it's like somebody literally nudging you all night long mm -hmm. you know and 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 then eventually you get used to the nudge and then right in the middle of the night like some asshole cuts off chuck our, our driver and then somebody nudges you really fucking hard and, yeah. oh, and then you you gotta wake up so yeah you're never not you're never not waking up at least once in the middle of the night to either pee or to think that you're driving off the side of a cliff to your death man i know the nightmare yeah it's <laughs> awful man and i was in a, i was in an upper bunk man and that sucks yeah you yeah. will fall you will fall out i am lower but i that's literally why i like sleeping on the bottom because it's as little it's, swing yeah, sway yeah as, as, as possible low center yeah. Hey, uh, you're uh, you have a regular regular bus driver then? Yes, Chuck yeah. is normally our, our driver uh, yeah. when we book through AP. Um, mm. Normally, AP booking, yeah. and uh, Chuck Chuck is we actually got Chuck into the business and got him in with AP, um, and and he's he's my favorite driver we've ever had. He's he's always taken such good care of us and always been so safe and um, you know. I, I absolutely adore that man. Like yeah. literally jump in front of a bullet kind of adore. Sure. I've met him. I've, I've met Chuck. Chuck Fox. Chuck's, Ch Chuck's the real deal. He really yeah. does care about your band. Like he, I've, yeah. I met him both on the job. That's weird that that happened. I met him. Why am I so blurry? <laughs> okay. I met him both on the job. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, <laughs> at, while, when you guys were uh, on the road. Uh, and also at a festival that he just happened to be attending and he told me that he was your bus driver and yeah. before I had met him in person and he spoke 
so fucking highly of you guys and like how how much he does honestly like just care about you as people that's yeah. cool you know like the fact that yeah. you're recurring drivers huge yeah he's 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 family he's chuck chucky's family yeah i've shit he's been driving us for over 10 years 50, man probably closer to 15 he's he's a man he's a man yeah it's funny because there's a lot of like you know the the fans may not understand this might be a really good little interesting tidbit here for people is the that is that value of a consistent bus driver you know when i was on the road we never had a consistent bus driver it was like whoever came with the bus i tried to fix that over and over but the artist i was working with just would not have it and it, you're like please let it not be dude, a you know act. you know what it wound up being our drummer was uh, uh, my artist drummer it was was an amazing hilarious guy and he would get on the bus and he'd walk past the dr- bus driver hey how's it going hey how you going and he would always come up to me with the bus driver report and he would go al he's like i think this bus driver wants to live <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's all that mattered because if he wants to live he he has We're something good. to live for. He's got a wife or a family or like kids. He wants to live, and it's uh, you know he comes up and and my my friend Rodney be like, I don't know if this guy if this guy wants to live. So then you're like, great, I'm not sleeping at all because every bump is like the end of my life. You know, it is <laughs> it is it is really uh uh, it's we've been lucky. Honestly, my band has been incredibly lucky. Uh, we've been driven by some of the kindest. Some of the most famous drivers ever, uh, uh, you know, we had Uncle Donnie who drove us for almost seven years. Uh, and Donnie was like, man, Donnie, Donnie blew a tire, a front, right front tire. <laughs> and everybody was happened to be in the front lounge at the time. And for those of you that don't know the stories of Uncle Donnie, Uncle Donnie drove uh you know, Motley Crue uh, drove, uh, Willie Nelson drove, uh, Daryl Hall and John Oates, um, drove some really big, big names, like the corn, like big, big, big names. And um, when he met our band, he just happened to, to be working for this uh, bus company that was picking us up. And he drove us and he goes, I want to drive you boys. He goes, I'm going to show you this country. And uh, sure enough, man, it was it was crazy. Like at, at 5.30 in the morning, we'd all be woken up. And he goes, hey, guys, I, 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 I looked at the map and we were only like an hour outside of, you know, uh, 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 Rushmore. So I, I, we're, we're going to we're here at Hoover Dam or something. He'd wake us up. And he always showed us, he'd take us to the, to the caves in Tennessee or, and he would just, we would wake up and be there. It was, it was insane. He took us, he was the guy that took us to Tombstone and like all the awesome places in the country, Uncle Donnie basically took us. And he would, he would do the overdrive, charge the company and my manager for the overdrive and then turn around and give the cash to the band. Oh my God. Like he was the sweetest dude in the world. Um, so we're, we're driving on this, on, on side of a mountain somewhere. So the, the highway kind of starts to embank a little and it has, it, it banks, but then it's got the big drop off. There's no real, like, uh, uh, you know, side of the road you could really pull a bus on. And he blows this tire 
on that side of the bus, on the bank side of the bus, and literally talked to the bus and was like, come on, baby, you're good. You're good. I got you. I got like we're on the front lounge, like grabbing on to shit. And he <laughs> kept his cool, talked yeah. the entire way, got us over to the side of the road to where the rim was in the road. Couldn't figure out a way once the record got there to get the jack underneath. He's like, I got this because he's old and smart. He knows everything. He's seen it all. He, he grabs a four by four block of wood, sticks it behind the rim of the bus, puts it in reverse, hits the gas as hard as he can, boom, brings it up onto a thing. They could get the jack underneath, jacks the bus up, and he's got us on the road in two hours. Yeah, because Donnie wow. has a four by four post in his backpack. That's just how those guys <laughs> honestly. Donnie used to move pipeline for the Alaskan pipeline from the West coast all the way up to Alaska. And he would have, he would get stuck on the ice roads, like the whole ice roads, truckers before there were cell phones, he would get stuck out there. And there was two things he'd have a four by four. Mm -hmm. So we could get underneath the truck and change a tire and a bottle of Jack Daniels, just in case his truck broke down. And the only way to sleep through the night and not die was to drink that entire bottle of Jack Daniels to the point where your body temperature was high and you just passed out and woke up the next day. <laughs> Donnie, okay, he's higher. He's higher. Fucks, dude. He's <laughs> man. Donnie was the man. <laughs> dude. So I, I got to, you were, you, okay. There was a lot going on in that, in, in this, these, these stories of the boss. Do you just, it just kind of hit me like a, like a ton of bricks. What's your craziest bus story? Like, is is it that that moment with the the tire blowing out, or do, that like, was it could be anything? Well, the last when the bus, when two of them really come to mind. One of them, uh, we were riding with some young, and they're both kind of uh, uh, related, even though they're at different times. They both had to do with our trailer. Mm. First was we were on tour with. Uh, skin dread sharing a bus and a trailer and the two dudes that we hired were local friends of ours uh to to be our crew and one of the guys forgot to lock the trailer and and the door opened and literally i'd say about three quarters of all of skin dreads here ended up just shred toothpicks on the highway that was number one. And one of them being uh, uh, Dan's like priceless base, which it was, it was crazy. Um, that was well, number so, one. And technically, it's not priceless any, anymore. Yes, because yeah. he needed to buy more. Um, the, the second was just recently when we lost our trailer, uh, there's a part of a highway in Tennessee okay. um, in the middle of the mountain somewhere where it's notorious for um, trailers to bottom out and break and accidents to happen because of how much of a difference in dip to flat it goes. And we, (laughs) we, the bus hits that spot, the trailer hinged the entire welded on framing completely breaks off our 10,000 pound trailer packed with gear goes barreling down the side of the highway 
it, it, a lot, like basically next to behind the the bus, the <laughs> bus driver only realizes the trailer is off because he notices in his peripheral all of the state troopers that were just pulled over on the side of the road dealing with another bass boat that got knocked off of a, a truck this guy lost his bass boat on that same spot 45 minutes before we lost our trailer and they were all lined up along the side of the road and out of nowhere a 10,000 pound trailer full of equipment goes right at the state troopers and they all go running in a million directions <laughs> it literally almost killed a state trooper a group of state troopers with our trailer, and then it flew off the side and rolled and landed. That was probably the most insane thing I've ever had to deal with on the road. That is fucking insane. When you say it flew off the side alone or the road and it landed, did it? Did you like your gear survived? It like was everything it good? Actually, surprisingly, and it was weird. We we didn't know what we were going to walk into because we weren't able to get our gear for two days. So oh. we immediately, luckily we had Francesca with us. So we were documenting it all. So we were like, listen, if we need to get back on the road, we're not, we don't have the funds to turn this around. We don't keep that kind of bank to be able to turn around like that you know, much. Yeah. 35 yeah. grand in gear. Yeah. To, like, more, spin it's it probably, around. Yeah. More it's, than it's, that. It, it would, it would, it would put a big hurting on us. Um, so uh, we immediately got the idea to put it together in a documentary and, and hit up the fans and say, Hey, we don't know what we're going to be walking into any donations. Cool. What we did is we called it a blackout t-shirt where we did a t-shirt and we were like, we know what t-shirts normally cost, but what we're charging for it, the extras really going towards getting us back up on our feet. Uh, and then we looked in and we only had surprisingly, this is this a hey, get cases folks buy yeah. cases, cases matter. Aces matter uh, because it actually saved the important stuff, the guitars, the Kempers, you know, the the drum shells mm -hmm. for the most part, uh, a couple of hardware things, some lights really got damaged, things that had like lamps. This wasn't, that long, this wasn't that long ago, right? No, it wasn't. Yeah, I remember I remember this whole saga and there was a whole bunch of video footage that went along with it, right? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we I remember dropped this. that saga. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it was I, like a, yeah, it was insane. Yeah, I have to watch this directly after that. I, I had no I had no idea that T-shirt idea is genius for one. But I would assume it's a print to to order, right? You you weren't printing any more than the people who purchased them, right? Like because it's a it's a blackout. Correct. Like, That's yeah, what yeah, we. Like you, yeah. yeah. If you ordered it, we got you the size. We made it. We ordered what we needed, and 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 basically, you know, went from there. That's insane. I have. I don't want to bogart these your this this interview here, but I have to ask you a question at some point. Unless Al, you have anything to? Uh, Dude, we're talking. Uh, okay, go. You have you one of the craziest stories that I've ever heard in my that you told me in my life. Period. Let alone in, like in a touring situation, just like people talking, and that is the lightning uh, story. And I don't know if you're you feel comfortable about talking about it, but it, there's somebody. Maybe it was your. Family. No, it was Casey's mom. That's right. Casey's mom. Casey's okay. mother, she wrote two books. I think three books now about it. Um, she was 
doing something very important for a living, making great money. Uh, yeah, this is the most insane life story I probably have ever heard. Um, and was met with a decision whether or not to follow love or to follow career. And then <laughs> literally at that moment looked up and asked God to help her make a decision. And within seconds of that, clouds came out of nowhere. Wow, she was struck by lightning. Like uh, drifted to the other side, had an experience, wrote a book about the experience. On the other side was met by messengers that said, we'll send you back. You could stay or we could send you back. Um, if you go back, it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard going, but you'll change a lot of lives. And surprisingly, now she goes around and speaks about it and, and, and does this. Um, she says, well, I want to go back. So bang, goes back. And uh, for a long time, long recovery, months and months of recovery, having to learn how to walk again. She lost her toes because they were literally blown off. Um, has scarring, dealing with things, had to learn how to you know speak again, that kind of stuff. A year to the day after recovery, flat, hit by lightning again. <laughs> Went over, same experience. Same experience. Yeah. There's no third. No, there isn't a third. Okay. There isn't not, a third. Not yet. Not, yeah, who knows? Who knows? But, but when I... That, a year to the day, a year yeah. to that's it's it's it was it was the most insane story I've ever heard. So where was this woman living? She was, I believe, she was in. I want to see on top on, on top of a barn holding a metal rod. She was working for a lightning rod company. Yeah, was it that? No, she said she oh, was, was like shut up. <laughs> that's hard. <I'm> like, what? <laughs> They're like, you left that out, Elias. God, I made you hear all that story so... No, no, it's not, not what happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when I heard the story, it was, I, was, I was absolutely blown away. Because um, that's, that's, that's not coincidence. So it's kinda, that's, that's one of the lotto toys in a year. Yeah, yeah. When she was hit, do, do, you, do you know anything? I don't want to pry it too much. But when she was hit by the lightning, thus... First of all, that she was it choosing love or her career. Yeah, I thank guess. you. I wanted to know which way which way this worked out. She went love. Okay, and they were like, "Nope, wrong choice." Yeah, they no, said wrong choice. No, That's why she got struck no, no. again. She flap came out and chose love. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. I should, yeah, that my time. I should explain okay. that. but then, <laughs> then when like, she got struck I again, love, and it's like. Nope. No, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the price is wrong. You had love. You had love for one year. Yeah. Now. So this man and her are, did he, I mean, I fucking, I will find this guy, you know, fucking yeah. person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey, that's Casey's dad. That's Casey's okay. dad. Okay. Sorry, Casey's. <laughs> I'm going to kick your dad's ass. Yeah, you know, the, the idea of it is like, so a year later, right? She still in Phoenix? Yes. Oh, God damn, dude. I, she doesn't live in Phoenix anymore, does she? 
Uh, just outside Phoenix, but yeah, oh, yeah. That, yeah, might be a little bit of the static. Like I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I, I just that that's it's too much of a coincidence for it to not be yeah. something. When you told yeah. me that, I, I remember we were in Illinois. We were in the, the uh, downstairs. I forget the venue's name, but I know it was like we were just merging for a moment, two tours. And yeah. we're downstairs. Somebody's playing Dungeons and Dragons. And I overheard you guys talking about the lightning story. I'm like, wait, hold on. What? And I've never thought, I've never forgot about that story. Like, I always, always want to ask you every time I see you a little bit more about it. Cause I, I think about it like almost at least once a week. I don't know what it is. I also watch this fucking guy on YouTube called Ryan Hall, y'all, that talks about weather. It's like the fucking whip at it. Yeah. And every time he's talking about lightning, I'm like, yeah. I know a guy who knows a girl who got yeah. struck by lightning in my mind. Yeah. This thing reminds me of crazy. Yeah. 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 It's pretty insane. Casey's burnt toast. Yes. So, not the moral of the story is love. It's a yeah, hell of a yeah, drug, yeah. Guys. yeah. Hell of a drug. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, listen, not for nothing, man. I was driving down the interstate one day and I was conflicted whether to stay with a girl or move to Nashville. And I would and I got overwhelmed with static electricity. I didn't get struck by lightning, but it was like a like you could cut it in the car. I was driving down the interstate and I pulled over on the interstate and it was electric in the car. It was, there was just a total, just an electrical thing in the car. And God told me to move to Nashville. Never. You know, it's fun. They, they say that the heart beats at your rhythm, your particular rhythm. And it's literally how you vibrate. So when you're, you add, you know, just the physical chemical aspect of heartbeat moving water pumping making vibration you're 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 rooted in something that that is 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 connecting you to to uh i guess knowledge or or experience that you need to tap into that you can just go, hey man, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta reach out and and just ask the universe, what do I do yeah. here? Yeah. And and that kind of stuff, you know, it's it's funny because that's how I I I jumped in with the band. You know, I was uh I was uh I was an engineering student. Um where was that? I was uh, at at FAU. Oh, okay. Florida University. Um and um, I was president for a, 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 a engineering consortium in, in my high school. And I did like Olympics of the Minds and I did all that stuff. So I, was, I, was, I did a lot of um, extracurricular activities that, you know, allowed me to, to go into college very easily. And, and to, so I, I, didn't, I didn't expect this to be my career. I expected to be doing something in 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 more of an executive, you know, realm. Um, but you know, I had that same thing happen. And when I was met with this opportunity, that why was I willing to leave school eighteen credits away from graduating? That's like literally it was it would have been like a year and a half and I would Yeah, been, I had a year and I had a year and a half left in college oh. too. Yeah. yeah and, I, and, I, and, 
I made the call. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it, 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 I just kept waking up going and looking around cla- the classroom, just, just realizing that it wasn't, it wasn't for me that I, I needed to be somewhere where I could think creatively and like push like big ideas that make me happy and excited. Were you unhappy? I was really unhappy. Mm-hmm. I was unhappy because makes, I was, it makes for an easier decision. Maybe not easy, yeah. not easy, but easy, potentially easier because it's a, it's a move away from the unhappy. Right. Yeah. I was making the thing is I was making bank, man. I was living in Boca Raton, uh, waiting tables and lifeguarding i went from making like 16 dollars an hour back in like 90 that's a ton of money man but yeah, yeah. that was a lot ton of money, money yeah. for a kid in his early 20s um yeah. you know going from that to then waiting tables in boca raton at two different restaurants where i could work four days a week and make 1200 dollars a week cash that I didn't know what to do. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was, I lived during a, you know, I, when I was working, I had disposable income for somebody that was on their own. And I was happy in the sense that I wasn't really needing for things financially, but I was like, I was unhappy in the, in the service industry, putting on the face for people that were just fucking rude, man. It's just like, they weren't, they weren't nice. Just weren't nice people. It's like, and I felt like I was too, uh, spirit, high spirited of a person to, to stay in that and, and come out like not bitter as all the other servers or, you know, all the other like long-term lifeguards that I was, I was watching, you know, with alligator skin and just bad attitudes towards work for the city as long as they did and all this other shit. I I didn't want to do it. Do you think that um, I have I, I have a uh, not a philosophy but a thought about the service industry waiting tables or doing dishes or cooking or whatever it is? It's like a lot of people think military school should be mandatory, like two years. A lot of countries do that. I think, right? I don't know shit, but I understand I that some countries do that. <laughs> yeah, Israel's like you're 18, you got to hold a gun. Yeah, for you're going. Yeah, I feel like the coolest people I know are the people that. Got in and some great people that are still in it, but a lot of the cool people that I know were in it at one point and then are out of it or still in it either way. But there's some kind of taught, like, like there's a thing about that that teaches you how to move quick, think quick. You better be good with people. Like you said, I mean, even when you're getting shit kicked in your face, right? You still got to find, you got to yeah. find a way in your multitasking. I mean, it's a really, cause I did it too. In high school, I was, you know, washed dishes and then I was a bus boy and then I was a waiter. And then I ran the kitchen at 17 years old. I ran the kitchen on Tuesday nights. It was the chef's only night off. I ran the kitchen 17, like just out of high school. And it just really, there's, it's so much pressure, right? So yeah. it's it's just interesting that a lot of people who have a, are able to multitask and do that. It's like it's a really good background for people, man. Like if yeah, my it, kid, my kids go to work and they want to wait tables. I'm all about it. It's like the the juggling of the mind and making people happy, and then getting paid for that hard work. It's a very direct correlation to hey, you know, I kicked ass at that table. Not always, but hey, I kicked ass at that table, and they left me a forty five dollar yeah. tip on a, on a thirty dollar meal, right? Or whatever. It really, it, it really teaches you. I mean, for me, when I, when I, when I was, what I learned the most, especially dealing in, in a place like Boca Raton, it's like the Beverly Hills of South Florida. So I dealt with very uh, entitled people sometimes, you could say. 
Um, so I learned what I learned being on stage, honestly, is being able to quickly, very quickly. And Chad, you'll, you, both of you guys will, 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 will understand this, be able to walk out on stage and just with the faces of the crowd, as I'm walking out, I know what kind of crowd I'm dealing with. Yeah. That yeah. how, how, how the cheering is, how the faces are, drinks in hand, uh, phones in it, whatever it is, I, you do the math on everything that's going on and you, you, you make a decision the same way that I make a decision at a table of whether or not I was walking up going, Hey guys, uh, you know, sorry about that. Hey guys, how you doing? Uh, what can I get you to drink? Blah, blah, blah. You want to hear the specials and all this other stuff. I could walk up to a table, see a couple that just got into an obvious fucking fight <laughs> mm -hmm. and just walk up and go drinks. Yeah. And then vodka tonic Sprite. All right. I'll be back with bread. Boom. Walk away. Walk away. Yeah. yeah. Go get Avoid drinks. Come back. <laughs> you guys ready to order? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. Get them in and out. Cause you yeah. know what? At the end, some of my best tips, because they, I, they, got, they realized that I, I understood what they were willing to give me, and they just wanted to sit there quiet and eat a fucking meal. Right. And sometimes I walk out on stage in a place like L.A., New yeah. York, uh, places where they see shows all the time, and they just want to be fucking wowed by a show. And me standing up there every single song going, come on, guys, why won't you put your hands in the air? Why don't you fucking get a pit for me? Uh, me, yeah. me, 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 me. Why don't you do it for me? It's like yeah. that kind of realizing that just fucking put on a good show. Mm -hmm. just, yep. just you are able to change. It doesn't always have to be the same. And that's why I did so well waiting tables because I could be that way to that table. And then the eight top with the Italian family that's speaking like they're from New York. I could walk up and go, Hey, how you doing folks? What can I get you guys to drink? Hey, where are you from? <laughs> New York. Where are you from? Hey, I'm from New York. Hey, where are you from? Sheepside Bay, Brooklyn. I'll put on a New York accent, even though I'm not even from fucking New York, but yeah. it's the experience experience for them i yeah. want them to walk out and go that fucking guy was a good fucking way hey, don't worry i took good care of him uh, blah blah you know it's that that ability to alter myself i couldn't do that in a corporate setting yeah where in a place with engineering or anything and that's where i realized that that's where my talent was is with people is understanding what invokes emotion and how to invoke it and then once i invoke it how to control it to move it somewhere else so that way people that are watching and listening about and and and, and understanding my experience are then turning around and relating it to something that they experience and go hey what he's singing about or talking about reminds me of this that happened to me and now I connect. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing is hard to do, like I said, in a corporate setting or when you're dealing with politic in those kind of like, you know, big building, big company settings. What was the trajectory before you made that decision? I was already worried. I was Rob's boss uh, working for a um, 
an air duct cleaning company that when I started was at about a million two and we were at 28 million in two years. I went from customer service rep to general manager Holy and shit. I went from making $9 an hour to $18 an hour in two years. So I was trying to like quick corporate ladder get up where I was running like 28 offices, 10 techs at least in every single office. I was routing like 3000 jobs. It was insane, man. But I was, I was jack of all trades and they needed me so bad there. It, it, you know, I made myself valuable because every single time there was a job nobody wanted to do, I'd raise my hand and say, I'd do it. So then I was just learning every facet of the, 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 that kind of like blue collar corporate world where I was pushing like barely graduated high school students in a freaking customer service department that I was, you know, dealing with. And then the 28 offices and all of their dispatchers that I was on top of them as well. And how those two communities dealt with each other the same way servers dealt with cooks, two totally different clicks, posts, two completely different clicks. They just, they all hang out different and, but they somehow have to work together. I was that liaison between them. What was the epiphany? Because you said, you know, we talked about getting struck by lightning twice to and helping it make a decision. Then I told you the story about Nashville in the car with with air so thick you could cut it with a knife. What was your? You said that same thing happened to you. What was the epiphany? What they what offered happened me in that moment? At that time, they and this was back in '96. They offered me fifty thousand dollars a year, a vehicle, and an apartment in San Francisco to run all the West Coast offices. And I had OzFest. So I had OzFest or that. Yeah. Was it a hard choice? Uh, That's when I... It, it was that jumping with both feet or, or it ain't, it ain't going to work kind of thing. Yeah. It, it was more about like, I had done performing arts in high school. So I knew that I loved being on stage and that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I enjoyed the, the, you know, you know, you guys understand it's a, it's a yeah. wonderful ego massage that you get to feel in that experience of being on stage and then how you perform and how humble you are is how, blessed you will be moving forward i feel like in, yeah. in that you know e scenario empty square yeah so you gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta appreciate it as 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 you know you should um but that's that's what i did is that i didn't throw that opportunity back into the universe and say you know are you, are you serious i'm gonna fucking turn down Ozfest. Yeah. no man i'm not gonna turn down Ozfest even for this even though i know it's gonna break even you know i saw it as as I had moved up the corporate ladder to the point where I realized that I wanted to be my own corporation. And that's how I explained it to my bosses. They were pissed when I left. <laughs> oh, they were pissed. I put in my two weeks and that two weeks was so tough. About week and a half into it, I was like, I'm out of here. I just, yeah. I was like, nope, you guys are you guys are, are are pushing a little bit too hard for me and I don't have to be here. So I revered yeah. you. Was that 99 or 2000? That was, yeah. Yeah. Because I was, remember, they were cool with me leaving and coming back at the time. I was only going away for a couple of weeks and stuff like that. And um, I had a guy that I was training to, to, you know, I prepped it. 
you know, I really, right. press you know, sure. but I, but I feel like, you know, the ups and the downs, highs and lows of non-point, right. Which you, you have certainly been through with whether it's lost gear and record deals and agents and managers and all the shit from having, a, yeah. having, having a successful, uh, long, longer than average career, I would say far longer than a- average, whatever average is. But I think, I feel like, uh, and I didn't know this about you and I feel like those experiences, you know, you said, well, you know, I don't, I, the corporate ladder thing wasn't really for you, but in a certain way, I feel like you're probably using those same learned and inherent traits. You're born with those traits and then you've learned them and you were, you were cultivating those traits by leading people, right? That's the only way you've been able to maintain non-point in my, in my just rudimentary view right now, like that. Yeah. You can't, you got to have other skills. I'm not saying you left the band and went and, and, and went and cleaned gutters or cleaned HVAC. I'm just saying you were probably using those skills, whether you knew it or not, to navigate, hey, this thing didn't work. I need to get something over here. We need to get these people, like all that stuff that you had oh, in your I tool belt, did. right? What's yeah. funny is that I used routing because mm-hmm. I have to always look at tours and make sure that I'm not spending on gas. Uh, marketing, I helped with marketing. Uh, uh, you know, scaling. We scaled from six offices to 28 offices, you know, dealing with different personalities, different corporate level personalities and emotional personalities. You know, there were some points, you know, the reason that I did so well in that position and and, and it's because of, of the kind of like pressurized grace that I would give people that I was working over. Chad, like, Chad new band name. Chad, our new band name. Pressurized Grace. Dude. Grace, yes. <laughs> dude. Uh, I mean. You know, when somebody's doing a, like, it was fucked up. I would do some funny shit. Uh, if somebody was talking personally on a phone call, I knew I could hear them because they would be laughing or giggling. And nobody laughs and giggles when you're like booking a air conditioning duct cleaning. And I could okay. tell when they Definitely were like me. goofing off, I would put them on speakerphone on the loudspeakers over top. And you would hear them like, yeah, baby, I'll see you after. Oh shit. I gotta go. I gotta go. Click. <laughs> and then, and then, and then I would be looking over my cubicle, looking, waiting for them to pop their head out of their <laughs> cubicle and then look at me. And I would just, <laughs> and that's all I would have to do, yeah. you know? But in you're, that the, you're same, the rug, dude. Yeah, yeah. But in that, the room together, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but in that same breath, I would deal with personalities like my boss, who literally pushed a computer screen off of a desk at my feet and broke it at my mm-hmm. feet because cancellation rate went over ten percent. So he's like screaming at me, red face, screaming, like, I can't believe nobody's rescheduling. Ah, slams this fucking computer on the floor. You know what I did? You know what I did? I didn't bat a fucking eye. I grabbed the paperwork. I walked out into the customer service department. I pulled a chair out. I stood on the fucking chair and I went, put your customers on hold. Put your customers on hold. Put your co- I'm in the middle of a thing. Tell them the office is on fire. Put them on hold. I'm sorry, the office, I have to go. And literally, I would tell, I would stand on a chair and say, listen, if I don't hear you saying, would you like to reschedule? I catch you. I'm firing you on the spot. I'm not going to lose my job over you guys back on the phones. It was like that kind of like, 
you know, back and forth that they had where they saw that the stuff that I didn't have to take that seriously, I didn't. And I chose my battles with my teams. And that's what I do now. Yeah. The more than ever. Yeah. The the wolf of nonpoint. Yeah. Sometimes you do not, you, (laughs) you, it's, it's not that important. Sometimes it's not that important. Sometimes you got bigger fish to fry and you can get back to that other shit. Yeah, it's the like, pers- I said, God damn that you that you had the the wherewithal that early in your human existence. It took me until like the band was uh, my band was broken up in all of the years. That'd be like it's not worth the the uphill that you're about to go through essentially because the weight that's going to be dragging you back, they're going to leave. That weight's going to be gone. And you're going to yeah. free fall. If you get to the well, do you know what it is? You know, and in, in our defense and all musicians defense, especially, you know, now that it's kind of evolves quite a bit, music, uh, delivery, the industry, uh, st- you know, everything has changed more distro than, you know, labels now more. It's everything is, is, is shifting that. Unless you really dug in, you wouldn't even see it coming. You wouldn't even know that all of this. Yeah. You 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 are not in control of the entire plan enough. Enough for it to be for it to be as monumental and moving as it is when you are either a flagship artist on a label or independent. Mm-hmm. So you have all the teams fighting and working for you, or you are the team fighting and working for you. And when yeah. and you realize in either one of those scenarios that that it takes a plan that takes longer than just one cycle mm-hmm. to then make the plan start to allow you the ability to scale. And that's what, that I know for a fact, because I've seen the numbers that based on from the second I went independent with my band until now, we've been, because we had plans, quarterlies, projections, budgets, and we talked about it. And I did have that knowledge from years and years working with labels, thanks to all of the teams that taught me all that stuff and gave me that stuff. It's just different when all I'm willing to take the risk mm-hmm. and my team is willing to spend that extra dollar to take that extra time, um, you know, to get us to where we are now, where we're scaled. And now finally we're so far into the black where people are feeling like they're getting paid what they're worth. And mm-hmm. Now that it's there, imagine where I'm going to be two years from now. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You, because you, I, I have a plan. There's the plan. There's not just hey, what are we going to do? Hey, you want to put some more music on? There's the there's there's we have our year in that map. So there's oh, like it's the constant right, yeah, and, and that comes. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say but, but it's not. I don't mean to say but. It's more of a question that if you. Okay, so you mentioned the label, right? And you're, and it's the label thing. It's like they have the plan, right? Do you think that you would be? No, let, let me let me wait. I mean, at me, the time, at the time, they 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 have their plan, right? But unfortunately, 
when it comes to the brand of the band, its merchandise, its socials, uh-huh. its 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 catalog, its back catalog that may not be on that particular mm-hmm. label, when all of those things are are powerful entities that this guy doesn't make any money on, all of this doesn't get used. So this effort right. isn't as strong right. as it can be. L- let me so, ask you that. Yeah, I, yes. Where I was going was when you had the initial apparatus of a record label and you were going and, and uh, of a full service record label, which mm-hmm. like you said, it shifted in a, such a dramatic way from when you started. I mean, you uh, case study on what it used to be to what it is now, right. For you right. And, and, and the guys. Crazy. What um, were you as cohesive and together as a band from, from a band on a business standpoint, from a band in a business, right? Say it's five guys and going, Hey, you know what? We need to be doing more or, or at least as much as whatever these other people are expecting or are planning for us. Or did you have, because you're young, right? And you, and you're, there may not be an understanding of how these things work like you have now, which is a wonderful perspective. And it's clearly showing an upward trajectory, but did you, did did you have, I'm, I'm going to say you didn't. I'm going to assume that you, there wasn't that thing where you knew you felt like you had to work as hard as the label or as hard as your manager, or as hard as your publicist. Because a lot of times I've seen in artistry over the years, it's like, got a label. All we got to do is, all we got to do is this, this. Got a publicist. All we got to do is, all we got to do is this. Phone's going to ring. Correct. Well, that shit does that's, not happen. And it's no. never happened. No. We, we, I think that's why we always got deals. Is because labels know that we they we come with with yeah. with a work ethic. You're matching their you're tools. matching their energy and output. Yeah. And we've always had our teams, and that's what we we trust as artists. And that's where I where I was saying that, you know, I don't fault artists that came up between when music started up until about ten years ago, because it the labels and the music industry is a machine that has its channels and its gates and its gatekeepers and all of these things that make it all work that everyone is integrated. And in, so it doesn't work without each other, which right. is powerful and, and, and difficult sometimes. So, so that's where you then get into relationship w- between band and label and how much risk that label is willing to take in short term and long long term and with us we we we're always thinking long term so so we have big ideas even inside of that one album or that one cycle that seem to 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 never play out in 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 a lot of you know cycles where you feel like a hey, second single third single then uh you know a fourth that while you're going back and doing your record those days have been long gone um where you know now people are dropping literally a song every single month because of consumption and people are just trying to keep as much attention on those you know bodies of work as they possibly can and the best way to do that is to just introduce new stuff um because we saw that trend we wanted to start attaching creative to it because we started to realize that that's where content was going and 
that's what people want to see from us is more content from our music. So uh, that takes a lot of budget, lots of videos, whether it's lots of lyric videos and photos and, you know, different merch campaigns and all these other things that are hard to to get support of the music as well as all of those other campaigns. It's hard to get that to happen sometimes because, again, the label doesn't see any of that side of the mm -hmm. money. So for them to interject their teams, their times, and their dollars, they have to, you know, go to their shareholders and go, this is why we spent this dollar on Nonpoint. And they're like, well, we didn't see any money from that. Well, but it got Nonpoint bigger, so we're hoping Discovery. it sells more mm -hmm. of these records. That's yeah. what we as artists have always heard from that side of things mm -hmm. so that's where inherently we felt like we needed to try something different yeah. and see how far we can go and that's why we were able to do ruthless and do that whole big launch and do a couple songs off that ep we did a couple of releases off of one ep that was mm -hmm. only five songs so you know mm -hmm. that kind of traction off one thing really doesn't happen on on a regular label well the, and the upside is it always feels fresh even though it's kind of a one project it always i don't know if that makes any sense but it just feels like there's something that's always fresh yeah like the and old is finding the new like the yeah. discovery of it, and is it allows in us the to, middle of that yeah, yeah yeah and and it was allowing us the opportunity to change up our creative because we want to be creative we're coming up with new ideas every freaking week yeah. of what we want to do with our music and our and our visuals so why not you know do that with a song attached because right. it's gonna have some kind of meaning because of the work meaning because of the work that we put into yeah. the box of, of of work so that's what we decided to do with with our independence is you know make sure that we're attaching the kind of creative the kind of touring the kind of production the kind of dollars that we know uh then translate to you know like the last tour that we just did which was our best attended highest attended uh, most loved tour from bands mm. to opening bands and, and, and support acts. It was probably one of the happiest, like everybody was in tears at the end of this tour hugging. Yeah. yeah. It didn't take till the last week of the tour for everybody to buddy, buddy up. It was like right out of the gate, day one, everyone was friends, days off. We spent them together. We all hung out. Uh, uh, Sky from Sumo came out and sung every night with with me. Uh, Matt came out from from Blacktop and and sang with me. Uh, the, both of them, the second to the last song of of our set, um, second and third to the last song of our set, every single night. So that way they were able to play in front of our entire crowd. Um, we made sure to promote like crazy. There was lines every single show, so that way all the bands got to play to gobs of people. Everyone was happy, and it's hard to do that on a yeah. freaking door mm -hmm. so um it was it was hard it was like for the first time in a long time it was really really hard to to end this this tour you know um everyone was really happy so and that comes from you know ruthless doing what it did it going into heartless people digging the emerald city the wizard of oz theme stuff uh us delivering with the immersive you know tour uh people were excited about how we were dressing up the the interior of all the clubs um what the production was they've never seen that much lights and that much stage production from our band ever so it's it, it was you know uh it, it just we scaled 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you, and you build trust along the way. So like the idea is like why they show up early is because they're going to trust who you're putting on that stage, right? Is going to be something that they're also going to, or, or like in just in general, they trust your word as bond. So if this, yeah, and the your bill- of, yeah. Exactly. It, especially when we were promoting this tour, everybody understood that the two bands that were performing before us are on the bill because they were performers. Mm-hmm. Blacktop is amazing. Matt yeah. has one of the most fucking amazing voices I've ever heard. Same thing with Sky. It was yeah. like mm-hmm. the three part harmony that we were doing with our song with Sky was uh, unbelievable. Absolutely That's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I want to, sorry, I didn't know you. No, I want to, I want to be the, I hate to be the hall monitor. We're up against about an hour here, but I did want to um, touch on a couple of things. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about Shiprocked. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about our new excursion, which will be, you know, the next time you come back on Shiprock, we're definitely going to have to have you wait on some tables. Okay. It'll be, it'll be an experience where people, oh, buy, people I will buy, fuck buy. y'all up on how people buy people buy in and they have a chance to buy, you know, it's just 150 bucks, they get a six course meal and you are the waiter and I feel you are like not, that. I and I will never write <laughs> anything down. I used to yeah. take I used to take two eight tops, so 16 <laughs> people. If I would get double set, I would take two eight tops mm-hmm. and take both of their orders back to back without writing down a fucking thing. Listen, so long as you pull it off, because the moment you don't pull it off is the moment I hate your guts. <laughs> I know, but I do every time. And it's, and it's, I don't mess up. I don't you know, Chad, up. you know what I'm talking so about, money. right? That's why I made so much money. Guys, Coke come on. Coke like, Sprite, I steal fruit punch. Coke Diet, Coke Sprite, I steal fruit punch. Don't fuck with me, son. <laughs> don't fuck with me, son. <laughs> Dude, that's uh, amazing. And filming it? Oh, dude. Just yeah, getting that I know. shit. I oh, know. It's incredible. I know. So I, I do oh. want to talk about Shiprock, but then I and I feel we'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about some some music. Um okay. so so Shiprock, was that your eight? Was that your seventh, eighth? I should that know was, this. Maybe I'll edit it edit this. That was my seventh. Seven. And the band sixth. Okay. So this was your seventh. So Shiprock, this was your seventh and the band sixth, if memory serves. Editing is going to be amazing on that. Yeah, or it could be it could be seven and eight. So don't quote me on that. Well, Rob's going to be like, no. Yeah, seven and eight. Yeah. Rob will know. Rob will know. He's the, he's the encyclopedia. He's got it. that uh, podcast you did the other day. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. yeah, actually. Um, uh, so how is Rob? How did you fare? How how was the uh, how? Because I know a couple of the guys in the band came up and and were super cool, saying they were having a great time, and that is always super flattering to hear. Um, tell us about your experience on on Shiprock. Yeah, the, can it's I a, give it's a music? I, it's a music I, I really have to give a compliment to the 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 booking this mm. that this past year, and not so much for the headliners and us and the big guys, the. The up and comers mm-hmm. that you guys had on this fucking ship this year was unbelievable. Dropout Kings adore them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely adore them. Uh Nova Twins. What? Yeah. yeah. What? what even what even is that? Yeah, it's crazy. What? Crazy. Just like the, I I I said this uh, on a on a on another podcast. I have never been more excited for new music coming up in rock than I am right now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in like ten years, the new cats are are 
are stretching and 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 pushing the envelope. I love it. Absolutely, yeah, it's, get, it's getting kind of raw and kind of pure again, isn't it? It's but still in a, innovative and yeah, still yeah. creative. Like yeah. you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Dropout Kings, they're just rap rocking." It's nah, nah, man. No, yes. they're just not. They're not. Those kids are having a fucking blast, and Dude, I'm. I'm- there's so much fun to watch and yeah. they're the kindest kids on, on the planet um and then watching nova twins i got to see them up close in the in the in the atrium uh not in the atrium in that in the uh the aft lounge the yeah. back yes yeah. in the aft lounge where i they were really up close got to hear the voices and watch, watch their hands and, and their pedals and, and all yeah, that stuff. They and got every- those. They got hands and pedals everywhere. It's like this, like how the hell you do this with just two hands. I don't even know and how they got ideas. all those hands and pedals. And great on. creative oh. ideas. It, yeah. it's, it's like Jack, it's like Jack White said, it's like, you want to write a song, pick up an instrument and get in a fight with it. Yeah. And I feel like those ladies do that. They, they pick up their instruments, they turn on their, their pedal boards and they just start kicking shit and strumming shit until something mm-hmm. makes them stop. And it, you could see it. You could see it. And then they're like, all right, that's cool, but let's beat it. All right. right. Now those two things are cool, but let's beat those two. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's we so did cool. that. We did that before. We've got all these pedals. Let's put them in a different order. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think that, and that helps with their, I think that probably helps not to say they're not creative people, but it's like they can do what they can do with just an instrument, right? And a voice. But then they've got all this other Tetris shit that every time they do something different electronically, it creates a new thing that inspires them to do another new thing. You oh, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Super you, I helpful. Mean, you, guys, yeah. you guys know this. When you when you hear something, uh, like uh, if I hear something, I can immediately go, oh, that's a murder song. Yeah. Or like I'll listen to it and go, that's a love song. Mm-hmm. Or I'll listen to it and go, that's an anthem. Yeah, that's a you song know, about a girl getting struck by lightning twice. Correct. That's that's a lucky song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a love song. I think. A love song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I wanted to at least say this before we jump. This tour that you're coming, the tour of the year. Let's just say that. Let's just call it what it is. Uh, when I saw that announcement, I was like, oh my. I like literally, excuse me for saying this. I jizzed. I was like, oh my God, that's fucking every, like the whole entire thing was just like, that's too much for like specifically, like, (laughs) I don't think there's been a tour like that. That's, you know, in when it covers the whole gamut on top of it, adding a little bit of like, you know, more uh, of current blood, but then what, what is that even going to be like? When, when does it start? When, when is that like, what, what's going on? Tell, tell. The end of July, we did it's mud vein, mud vein, yeah, culture, yeah. uh, guar us and, Nuts. and butcher babies. And, you know, I, I think I feel like, you know, we, we have, we have a lot of friends on this tour. Uh, mm-hmm. I've known Chad and, and the boys in, in mud vein for, for years. Uh, Greg came out to, to, to the the sold out show at trees and in, in dallas um and and hung out there and, and brought his whole family and everybody and it, that was uh, a good time so th- th- we're friends you know um but uh i think they've been watching over the last few years and really seeing us you know do our thing and they felt like oh you know it's now that they're coming back it's it was one of our first tours with them and one of their first uh tours was with us so uh, sure. what a what a great what a great way to come back to to that uh 
that that time and then um you know butcher babies and henry and chad are dear friends and heidi and all of us we're all we're all friends so that's it's going to be fun in that sense um and then cold chamber is is you know they have that that uh that you know that cult following and that underground following and and their music is is very very aggressive so i plan on you know seeing the pits do their thing uh, uh for them uh and then guar is going to be like the sideshow spectacle that happens every single night that people are just going to be like you know let's let's get covered in 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 jizz you know <laughs> chad's jizz See? another great band name <laughs> I was like, yeah it's a yeah um, Chad's jizz. Chad's jizz. Um, and here's a little bit of Chad's jizz. <laughs> um, it's it's almost it's almost like a festival, like just like Seriously. you know what I'm saying. It's, it's like, like yeah, yeah. Super it is. Cool. It, it is, and it's they're really really big, big places. Um, so uh, I love big stages. Yeah, and you know, um. It's a high and tight set. I think we're gonna get like thirty-five minutes, and that's oh, that's dangerous. That's yeah. dangerous for us, man. We do. You give me thirty-five minutes, man. I'll probably be sprinting the entire time. Just put the peloton on the on the <laughs> on the stage. I'll just be singing a peloton the entire time. Not even break a sweat and just walk yeah. off that stage. <laughs> is it is it you guys and then Guar? Is that what's happening? Uh, it is. It, yeah, it's it's uh, Butcher Babies, us, and then uh, Guar. Cold Chamber and and Mudvayne. Perfect. You don't have to yeah. deal with any of that. Chad's jizz. I thought it might be no, not at all. <laughs> no, I won't slip on anything. You're a banana, banana peel. Whoop. I ate <laughs> shit on a Guar tour so hard. From, oh. uh, yeah, they, yeah, we were opening up a Guar tour. They always put the you know they cover the mon front of stage monitors with all the plastic, and I stepped on one of them. It was like day two. And I should have known better. As soon as I stepped on it, I, you know, I slid, but my face just mm. you know, hit the front of the the yeah. lip of the, the monitor, and I just laid there for the rest of the song until I could muster up enough like energy to get back up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so this tour starts in July and runs. Yeah. Uh, so end of, for a end of July for a to end of, end of yeah. It's a long like, one too. Yeah, this is this is serious. But you know, 35, 35 minutes a night. You got this. Oh yeah, we're good. Yeah. I'm crazy, yeah, man. This. We just did this. 16 songs set our last run. And yeah. that was and that was uh you 16? know yeah, 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 16. It was it was crazy. Yeah. Give what is the what is for the average concert goer? Um what is the again, we're up against it and, and thank you so much for spending time with us. What uh -huh. uh, I mean, obviously there's a physical difference to that, right? But mm -hmm. you can with 16, you can it's a it's you don't have to worry about just going all guns blazing in 35 minutes, right? You can build, you've crafted a show. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Yes. And two, we, we put, we two put art, some two art forms, right? It's basically two art form. It's like, yeah, well, we try to, we try to, um, unfortunately for me, I really don't get any real breaks because our music yeah. is really screamy and aggressive. So, yeah. um, for me, it's just, uh, it's, it's song placement. So that way mm -hmm. I'm not doing so many like really tough ones back to back to back to back. Um, and so, yeah, I do, I'll, you know, give my voice a break that way. Um, but when you have, you know, 10 records, uh, got material, man. Three EPs, 160 songs, songs, you know, yeah, like, I, how do you pick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta make sure you rep everything. Listen, Rob, Rob's going to understand what I'm saying. 
drum solo. <laughs> he hates him, so don't say that. I know. That's <laughs> why we got to do him. Sometimes he's got to get out of his comfort zone. He's going to go out there and give the people what they want. I mean, it's not me asking. It's the public. It's the, it's the public at large. Is that a thing? What does Snap no. say? Fuck the record. Fuck yes. the people. <laughs> Fuck the people. <laughs> God. Oh, um, man. Let's uh, let's let's we're gonna walk the plank, Elias, right quick, and you'll fi- you'll figure out what this means. Yeah. Hey. So Eliza. Uh, oh yeah, Eliza. we got to do this, Eliza. Good job. Hey, Eliza. Eliza. If it was what a biblical is a behavior- name. Yeah, yeah, I would have been fucking crushing it right now. What is a behavior that you find strangely endearing or attractive? Uh. Strangely endearing or attractive, I would have to say, uh, when a woman comes up, uh, when a, when when you rub your feet together uh, in bed, the bottom of of the bed, when you're sitting there and you're constantly like, I, I feel like that's a it's a it's a funny habit of of, of mine. Spanish people do it all, I guess, but but it's uh, I always. When when I see people doing that, it, it it for some reason it's it's weird. Great answer. How do you see people doing that in bed? Are you walking by like their beds? <laughs> no, no, no. Like I know I've I I I was I was told somebody mentioned it to me, and then you know when I I, I got married and stuff, my my wife pointed it out. She's like, "You rub your feet together," and I was like, "That's weird." Okay, so you so you this is you you're talking about. Yeah, when okay. me, but when I see other people, when when I hear that other people do it, I think that that's kind of you know uh, endearing. Yeah. I think it's I, like when I, you see somebody with a sick mustache, you know, and you're like, man, if I can get a sick mustache, it's going to be so cool, right? right. <laughs> yeah, that's together. the same thing. Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah, it's pretty much the exact same thing as rubbing your feet under the bed. Uh, <laughs> Elias, what was your favorite childhood meal? Favorite childhood meal was always Spanish food. Whenever my, uh, yeah, making Spanish food, anything Spanish. So like rice and beans with pollo guisado or arroz con pollo or, um, you know, all, Spanish food was, was cause I would eat plate after plate after plate. It's like, I couldn't, I couldn't stop. I love that. All right. So to wrap this up, I don't know if we've done, we did this with you last time, but we've added a new section and that is, we're going to ask you a question from last week's guests who didn't know who this week's guest was going to be. And then after we ask the question to give the answer, I'll tell you who that was. And then you'll get to do the same with the next week. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Would you rather fight 100 duck sized Chuck Norris's or one Chuck Norris that sized as a duck? That sized. So the size of a duck, like Chuck Norris size of a duck or 100 Listen, Duck I'm not. Size, I'm not the one answering this. I'm not the one answering this question. But I do, for my own pleasure, want you to read the, read the question again. I'm going to go ahead. Okay. <clears throat> Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized Chuck Norrises or one Chuck Norris that is the size of a duck? Okay. Hmm. Isn't that the same thing? 100. It, 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 it is. That's the funny. I, I mean, that's. 100, 100 Chuck Norris's that are the size of a duck or one Chuck Norris or just one Chuck Norris the size of a duck. Wait, it is one duck or one duck the size of Chuck Norris. I'll take the one duck. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Right? Yeah. So Maddie Mullins, thank you for making me eat fucking shit. <laughs> I, <laughs> what was, a I was like, question. I was like, let me see this again. You know, I even asked him three times. All right, one, that was my one, Maddie one, Mullins. Or one duck the size of Chuck Norris. Yeah, so the one oh oh one duck the size that's, of Chuck. Th- certainly, that's oh, I'll take the one, one duck Chuck the size Norris size. Man, I can't duck. have that's no, what he was saying. A hundred yeah. Chuck Norris Norris ducks. Chuck Norris, Norris ducks. ducks would fuck me up. No, I'll Which take also, the one duck the size of Chuck Norris. Yeah, Chuck I'll Norris. Fight. I'll fuck up a six foot duck. Don't don't you know you yeah, can but step it's on not a, it's, not a, it's not a six foot duck. Hard. It's a six foot Chuck Norris duck. Yeah, it's really just gonna flap at me and try to kit me with his feet, so I can. Otherwise, you're just going to be completely overwhelmed no, by like, these ducks. I agree with yeah, you, Elias. I'm with you. I mean, that no karate? Are no, you, you got a chance. Yeah, you got a chance. I mean, like six of those ducks get up all in your face and start plucking your eyes well, out. Well, there's six of those Chuck Norrises that are the, ti- the size of That's what I'm saying. That's those what I'm saying. That's brutal. Not that no, you can't do that. No, I'll take a six-foot Norris-sized duck. By the yeah. way, uh, Chuck Norris Duck is Chad and my new p- cover band name. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We do it on Saturdays when we're yeah. doing the other band. What was the yeah. other band uh, name? I don't know. We'll, we'll rewind okay. the tape. Uh, so, so now it's your turn, and I will type it exactly the way you say it. So uh, give it to me. It's anchor it's, band it's, style. It's this on-the-spot creativity, Elias. No pressure. No pressure. What has been the most... Can't stand it smell moment that you've ever had on tour. I like this. I even put I like qu- uh, quotations. Can't stand it smell moment that you've had on tour. I love this. So what has been the most can't stand it smell moment that you've had on tour? Yes, because we we have those quite a bit and we make like literally everyone jump in the shower and clean their sheets. I will not... <laughs> I will not sleep. Jump nope. in the shower and clean their sheets. So they got to jump in the shower while they're holding their sheets. I love it. Clean your feet, bro. Here's <laughs> yeah, clean your feet. Big wipes, new socks. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And you can speak from experience because you know that if you rub feet, you as, as much as you rub your feet together, they can't be dirty. Now you're now you're creating There's friction. There's a callback. Friction and heat. You can't do that. Friction and heat. I think it's safe to say that of all the guests who have ever been on Making Waves, Elias probably has the cleanest feet. Oh, it has to be. Has to I mean, be. I, hey, bro, I am. Ask the people on tour they tour with me. I am probably the cleanest motherfucker than me. <laughs> we might even fucking auction a picture of those off. Against yeah. <laughs> hey, you can actually get them on uh, footme.com. You can take pictures. I'm I'm uh, 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 Peter Pan forty four. Yeah. Uh, Cameo ten bucks a, ca- a pop yeah. or like uh, AKA <laughs> the Lost Boys, aka yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's your cameo hook. Cameo dot feet. That's that optimization he's talking about. Scaling. Got to scale. You got to diversify. Many funnels. Many funnels. These feet for the bus. My foot funnel. Hey, Elias, thank you again for being with us, man. I I, I wanted to get into talk about some music. We'll do that again next time. And uh, let's definitely keep in touch. And um, man, we really appreciate you spending time with us. And we appreciate everything you do for Shiprocked. I know that our guests love you guys, and you're you're a huge fa- part of the fabric of what of what we're all about. And we appreciate you we for love, that. 
we love the family. We love we love uh, everyone there, and 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 just the experience itself, you know. So we're as as much of a fixture as as we're allowed to be. We we love to be. So love thank it. you. I love it. We'll be in we'll be in touch, man. Thank you. Indeed. And I'll, Good night. I'll see you this summer. Night, man. All right. Oh, really? See you boys. Yeah, I'm coming. To, yeah, fuck yeah. Oh, ha, ha. I'll see you guys all. <laughs> Sounds all great, right. man. Bye. Thank you. Thanks. Be safe. Tight frosted, frozen from the rain, not stopping like a Noah, and it's one of forty days wet. Forgot the feeling of swinging, but now the metal is singing a little rusty, but it's all coming back. Hey, if I remember correct, I gotta swing with the right, right, belay with the left, and just like my beginnings, I'm good at making a mess and bringing the stress. Yeah, a little rusty, but it's all coming back. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal the Man, to Fat Mike from NoFX, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.